to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And I'm Simone, Nicoletta's bud, who's a law student and likes to talk about sex stuff. Um, This week, we are joined by the incredible Liz Klinger. She is the co-founder and CEO of Lioness and co-inventor of the Lioness Smart Vibrator, which, in case you're wondering, is the first and only vibrator that uses precision sensors to let you literally see and improve your orgasms. She's been featured in the New York Times Women of the World. She's spoken at TEDx, South by Southwest, Stanford. Berkeley, MIT, and when she's not making vibrators, you can find her in the workshop learning how to bend neon or being an average smash ultimate player. Also, she just ran a 10K and is still talking to us right now. So hi. Hello. I ran all the way to this podcast. So good morning. (laughs) Thank you. That is such commitment. I mean, before we talk about sex stuff, what is bending neon? Uh, So it's basically using uh, so it's you know like the neon signs like at shops and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's people who like who make those signs. So you can use like these glass tubes and fill them with noble gases to uh-huh. you know make the color, and you can you can make art with it. So you can like make different shapes. You can use different colors. It's uh, it's pretty dope. You should. I highly recommend looking into it because it's like it's a lot of fun. Speaking of neon, I am visualizing neon XXX on adult <laughs> video stores. So let's That's talk true. about adult video stores and sex shops and in particular, Lioness. Um, so just like, I guess first, if you want to talk about what, are the, what the impetus was for creating it, but then I definitely want to talk about the drama in the sex tech world. There's like the easy story, you know, that's like, oh, you know, I used to sell sex toys and I found that. Like a lot of people had questions about sex and they were using different products to explore, like to basically explore and learn more about their own bodies through trying different things and then going into like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's different products, but there isn't really anything that like is more of an education tool or like a way to like teach someone about how their own body works and like about the baseline of like how their like what their pleasure is like especially because everyone's kind of different in terms of our bodies and our mm-hmm. experiences. So there's, there's sort of that story, but there is also a part of it where like, I've been like, I've been curious about sex for a very long time. Like I grew up in the Midwest initially and I had a lot of questions about uh, sex and my sexuality, which kind of got me into like into this space in the first place. And then I did a lot of art as well uh, before, well, just forever, but before all of this, like selling sex toys, making sex toys stuff started and a lot of art in particular around sexuality. So like one of the biggest things that was like, that's been imprinted in my mind uh, that kind of set me towards going down, a, going down this path now 
was when I did a I did an art piece that was a a picture of my vulva, and I made it like person sized, so like you know kind of silhouette sized, and had it in the gallery. Yeah, and I was I remember it was like kind of this exploration for me personally in doing that piece and like setting like having something on display that usually is considered more a lot more private and personal and hidden, and also kind of. I was playing around with this concept of like having the like that large the elephants in the room of like hey we you know every lots of people have vulvas and we you know we don't talk about the different issues and the different questions that we have pertaining to our own sex lives not I mean you know usually not that much out there and, and a lot of the shame like around what our vulvas look like yeah so actually funny thing with that uh, it, the piece was selected for the like the senior like you know like the culmination like art show at the end of our degree program and i was like oh sh- like oh shit like so you know the, the entire like not just the school but like the entire public's going to be like coming through this gallery and seeing me and i don't know how i'm going to feel about this but let's go with it <laughs> and um i was so nervous but then when the show started like half the people didn't even realize that was a vulva (laughs) because they didn't even know what one looked like. Yeah. Like, yeah, actually. (laughs) Whoa. What did, what did, what did they think it was? Uh, the most common two figures dancing. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of a beautiful (laughs) metaphor. Yeah. It's like an alternative to the beast with two backs. Yeah. So, yeah, I heard like there's sev- like I'd be like in the background because like fortunately they didn't show like who the artist like what the artist looked like you know with the like, all the like pamphlets and stuff that they gave out oh, so yeah. I was kind of like in the background kind of listening because I was curious what people were going to say and how they'd react and yeah there's like I just remember seeing these two older women just like standing in front of the piece for the longest time and there's just like one was just like this is like, you know, kind of like having difficulty, like putting words to it. And it's just like, this is, this is so beautiful. (laughs) It is so interesting though, because people, I have a lot of clients who have felt comfortable using a vibrator or using a sex toy. And then they have like no idea about how their body works or like anything further. So they like have this comfort in like receiving pleasure uh, from themselves and like using this toy, but like no mindfulness about like what they're, what's actually happening um, like mm-hmm. in their body or like what that even looks like. And so I don't know. I think it's interesting that like there's a, a comfort with maybe using it, but then it stops there. I think it's like with a lot of, or a lot of different topics, especially ones where we like, especially a topic like sex and pleasure, where I think there's a lot of people who like think it's like, okay, you know, it's like you have your basic, like you have your sleep, you have your eating, you have, you have sex. And it's like, okay, I know how sex works, like generally speaking. But then it's like, do you like, do you really know the possibilities of what you can do and how you can like improve your pleasure or what's influencing you or your partner feeling or experiencing a certain thing? Uh, in uh, in one particular experience versus another. Uh, and it's like, yeah, like it's hard to, especially with something like sex, I think it's hard to be able to like kind of conceptualize it and track it 
in terms of like being able to see like, okay, this, you know, this particular session, I had this experience versus another session, I felt a different way. What's the reason for that? So it's like, but it's, you know, it's hard to have some structure to it. Whereas like with fitness or with, I'm just thinking like, you know, with like fitness or with dieting, you, there's like so many different ways of like track different things or like, you know, periods also. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's already like a lot of built in structure for it. But for whatever reason, there hasn't really been that much in terms of being able to like track and reflect on like people, like your own sexual experience. Like there's some stuff because like, you know, we're like, we're all here, you know, in terms of like therapists and I make vibrators that can track certain aspects of yeah, but sexual it, it brings an added layer of, of mindfulness, right? Like I, I can't imagine mm. the last time I was like utilizing some like self-pleasure tool and then afterwards was like, how was this working? And like, how was that feeling for me? And like, I don't know, it's just, it, it becomes, um, it can become very mechanical um, mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think it's fine to use toys for, you know, like, okay, just rub one out real quick. Um, yeah, definitely. It does bring the, yeah, this layer of, of mindfulness and reflection. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's needed sometimes like, you know, just depending on the person and what, like how they learn and what, what works best for them. Like there's different ways of learning and experiencing pleasure and just doing different things. So yeah. And taking ownership of your, of your body and how it works because we have mechanisms that measure like vaginal pulse or whatever. Um, that have been used on people in research, but now people can mm-hmm. have a tool where they can like measure it themselves and it's not just available from a, you know, some male researcher. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 We kind of like, I'm just thinking we kind of flowed into the lioness world very quickly, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like in terms of the, in terms of the tracking, I mean, I guess there's sort of this gap of like, how did I go from, you know, making pictures of giant like vulvas in an art gallery and selling sex toys to tracking orgasms basically so when we started lioness initially i knew i wanted to like do i wanted to do something in pleasure in some way and i wasn't i kept it very broad because i was like i don't know what other you know i don't know for sure what other people will be interested in and it's Mm -hmm. better to just kind of go through and like get feedback from people and start developing something and just kind of mm-hmm. see where it goes. So the first thing that we like started doing was basically it was more like a, it was more like a sex toy that was able to um, like change itself, like, you know, self adjust according to a person's body, which is like, it wow. sounds cool. Yeah. So like you can, I mean, you can use sensors to pick up on different movements, to pick up on different reactions, and then you can have something be able to respond in kind. And it's like an interesting idea. Like it kind of, it came from, in part, having questions from people, like from, you know, everything from like, how do you have an orgasm? How do I have a G-spot orgasm? What feels good? What is an orgasm? You know, like different questions Mm -hmm. like that. And being able to be like, okay, well, you know, the the current sex toys that at least I was selling at the time, they're kind of clunky. There's like a million different like settings that you have to cycle through. And, you know, it is kind of overwhelming, especially for someone who is newer to like different sex toys. It's like, whoa, too much. Like, just give me what I want, yeah. you know? So that was where we started with it. And as we were developing that out, we found more and more that like really like 
most people, once they find like the one or two sort of settings that they like, then that's all that they need. Like, it's not really that, su- you know, oh, there, there aren't many yeah. surprises, you know, like, I, and like I kind the one of, that's like, burr, 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 burr. it's like, I know if I don't want that, you know, like, why right. do I need to keep going through it to get the, burr, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's something that I, at least like, personally, it's like, okay, like, I know, you know, I know the sort of things that I like, but it's like, you know, keep an open mind and just see like how, you know, if, if something like that is actually helpful and interesting to other people. And, and you know, it was kind of nifty, but it was like, eh, I could live without it. So we had as like part of the exit interview, you know, sort of like this exit interview for feedback. We started thinking about like, okay, you know, we have these, like, we can, you know, we built in these like sensors and, you know, these like cool capabilities, whatever. What if we just like, even show people like statistical analysis I and mean, just like put in like super unsexy terms, like statistical analysis on your own sexual experience. It can show, you know, different, like, you know, when you orgasm, like uh, time, you know, time to orgasm, time of the session and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Just like a quick list of things that we knew off the top of our head at the time that we probably could do. And that was like the question at the end that people were like, wait, you can do that. <laughs> like, tell me more about this. Like, you can tell me more about my experiences. Like, how, like, you know, then, you know, sometimes they'd have questions like, oh, I've been, I've been wondering, like, why it's been more difficult for me at certain times to, like, feel good or what this means or, you know, stuff like that, that we're like, oh, like, okay, so that actually, you know, that actually seems to make sense. Like, there's people who are interested in that information, they want to learn more about themselves. So it started, I mean, it, it just, it didn't start that way. Cause it's like, a lot of people are like, how do you, how do you get to like Fitbit for vaginas sort of thing? <laughs> you know, like, how do you get to this? Cause it's not really a thing that is super intuitive. Like, you know, it's like a first thing like, oh, I'm going to, you know, wake up and just make a Fitbit for vaginas basically. But, uh, mm-hmm. it was very, it was very, um, it was very like process oriented in terms of like, okay, you know, like people want to learn more about their own bodies. They want a way to do that. And now that there's like, now that you have like, you know, all these, like all this cool technology and capabilities, you can have a way to like build something out that people can use it at home or use it any time that they, they, they're curious and they want to explore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this sounds super exciting and like super obviously good and wonderful and innovative and all of that jazz. But you are constantly rejected or rescinded from like exhibiting in the tech space and just like facing this constant like misogyny, fear of, you know, non-male sexuality. Like what the fuck is going on there? There's a lot going on there. (laughs) Where do I even start? I mean, I I I feel like the CES like in 2018 is like a big, a big thing, unless there's something before that that you want to talk about. Well, I think, well, the big one that, the big one that you're talking about is the, the thing that we had with Samsung earlier this year, where they basically, they had a, a women's health oriented conference for, it was mainly for software developers in the Bay Area, but like for, it was, you know, open to anybody in the area who was interested and wanted to come. One of my colleagues, she she runs a uh, like a femtech organization, so they they consulted her on like, hey, what are some 
interesting companies that should be at this women's health event. And we're like, we're somewhere, we're like second or third on the list. And she put what we, what we, what we do. And Samsung was like, okay, great. Like, okay, you know, we're going to, yeah, like, let's have Lioness there. And then the day that the event was going to happen, I come with my, you know, all my stuff. It's like, you know, a booth and Mm -hmm. just putting up the booth and get, you know, come over to the event, get it all set up. And then like five minutes before the event was starting, uh, my my colleague, uh, she came up to me and she said that, Someone from Samsung was told by some, like, basically, like, one, two, like, three, you know, sort of three levels, layers of, like, contacts. (laughs) Like, someone who told someone who told someone, they don't want you here. And we're like, what? Like, really? Like, we're we're already here, (laughs) you know? And she's like, I know, like, this is, like, you know, what the hell? Like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, you're not even, like, you have my, like, basically a friend come over to tell me and on their behalf, and I don't know who the person is who said no. So it was, like, it was just, it was so bizarre. And So did you pack up and leave? Or did you, like, was it an official request to leave? Or was it just, like, oh, people are uncomfortable? Like, what did you do? So I didn't immediately pack up to leave because I was, like, we're already here. Like no, you know, the, the building's not burning. No one's leaving. You know, there's no like just visible distress that I see from anybody. It's just like, you know, we're, we just have a booth that's set up. And so I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to talk to the per like whoever the person was who said that they didn't want the, the product there. I wanted to just talk to them and see like, why not? Because like this has been planned for over a month. They know what this is. You know, it's like it like yeah, it's like it makes sense. And I guess the like the okay, well, let me jump jump to one other thing and I'll go back to what I'm what I was just thinking now. But the then the other thing was like uh the there are several organizers that we had been or that my colleague had been talking to and uh we went to them and they're like, Oh, please stay, like, you know. Like stay through the the talks at least, and you know we we'll talk, we'll do you know we'll figure out something. So I stay through the talks, and on the on the panel, it's like it's all Samsung people and fertility like fertility companies basically being represented as women's health, which is like like the like the more I was sitting there, the more I was I was just like thinking about like what should I do about this. And I was getting more and more pissed off about it because it's like all these different layers of like women's health is not just fertility. Fertility is a broader problem than just, you know, for women and then women's health. The only way it was represented at Samsung was the like basically making babies like, you know, who forget, oh, you it's know, like reducing us to our reproductive capabilities because all we are incubators <laughs> basically. And it's like, you know, forget the, you know, Forget the rest of our lives, like forget any th- any other experience a a woman could have, or you know, even just like, uh, you know, the definition of a woman. Like, not all women have vaginas, and you know, there's not none of that like sort of you know nuance or discussion or anything really represented right. there at whatsoever. So I was just like, I was getting more and more pissed off about like how like ridiculous that 
like this whole entire situation was. So I like I tweeted about it because <laughs> I was because mm-hmm. I was angry about it and tagged some of the folks that I knew in the sex tech space who like also you know like Cindy Gallup and uh, women of sex tech because they're they're also watching this stuff too. And it like Cindy saw it and she quickly had retweeted it. And by the end of the event, like a bunch of people had (laughs) heard my anger about, you know, the entire situation going on. And at that point, the, um, the two Samsung organizers like came up to me and are like, you tweeted about it. You shouldn't, you know, you were going to talk it through. And, like getting all angry that I <clears throat> I said something about it. So it was just it was and then it became this really like for me I was just it like sounds so I'm, uncomfortable. It it was. It was about four or five hours of discomfort of like I I just wanted to talk to the person who said don't like take lioness down. Cause like I kept asking the the organizers that we were in contact with like who's the person because I just want to talk to them. Like if I can get their perspective on it, like maybe, I mean, I was, you know, I was open to it. It's like, maybe it was because they had some like super conservative attendees there and they were uncomfortable or like maybe they were uncomfortable or I, you know, like, I don't know like what it was exactly, but I just wanted to have that face to face because that like, it just seemed very disrespectful to just like do it as like, you know, someone behind the curtain just saying like, do this last minute because they feel like it. Yeah. But, they didn't even feel comfortable to come tell you that to your face. Right. Yeah. So it, it took about like, it was like basically the end of the event by the time, like they finally pointed me to the person who made, or like who told or, or the person that told them to tell Nicole to tell me. <laughs> it was just like, it was like I'm just putting my hands to my head, like for podcast listeners, just like I, you know, it's like I don't even know. <laughs> like I, you know, it was just so frustrating. And yeah, I mean, for, then, forget about being able to be included in that kind of space. I mean, even even advertising, um, yeah, in, in any space is difficult. I mean, we, you know, we have a lot of colleagues who who have been on the podcast who are even going to the level of like getting litigations involved because they yeah. like can't mm-hmm. advertise um, in, in any space where there are right. like potentially male products already being advertised. Right. Yeah. And then you also have, yeah, you have the, the hypocrisy there of like Hims being able to advertise with the erectile dysfunction pills and yeah. And mm-hmm. Damon Ugh. unbound not being able to at the New York subway. Yeah. So like, like there's that going on in the back of my mind that like, you know, all the other hypocrisy and bullshit that, like I'm, I'm aware of that's going on. And yeah, it was just like this really, it was just, it was very awkward. It felt very unprofessional. When I did get to talk to the person who made that decision, uh, it was a senior director for Samsung. She was like, well, this isn't women's health. And I was like, how or like how is this not related to women's health like you know like like i'm curious to learn more about this like your perspective and she's like it's just not women's health like you know it's not related to women's health at all like you shouldn't have been here at the first you know you shouldn't have been here in the first place and then i like then i told her about like how we like we've been starting to do 
like different collaborations with researchers in terms of like starting to look at, okay, you know, what are some, you know, different topics that we could start looking at in terms of like understanding pleasure better or like having like seeing how the technology, you know, relates to like the scientific devices that are in the, in the space, like different, you know, different topics like that. And that's a whole, you know, that's a whole nother thing that I can get into also. But like I told her about some of that stuff and she's like, well, it's not a wearable, so you shouldn't have been here anyway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it Wait, sounds like it she's not- someone who could benefit from this because she probably doesn't know a lot about her own pleasure. <laughs> but well, how my is guess- it not a wearable? It literally goes inside you. So, yeah, then like, it was you like... you don't wear a VR headset all of the time. <laughs> you wear it when you're doing the VR. Yeah, so then it was like, okay, now you're getting into semantics. Like, you have fertility apps here. Like, those are not wearables. You know, like, it was just, like, it seemed... I think my guess is that she probably thought that it was just a... Or not to, like, demean it, but, you know, like, it's just a vibrator. Which, like, mm-hmm. if I, I could kind of see, like, okay, if you're, like, if you're someone who's just, like, didn't know that this product was, or this product was going to be represented, it's like, oh, I see a vibrator here, we're talking about, like, pregnancy or fertility or whatever, then I could see them saying that, and it's like, okay, I can kind of see where you're coming, or, like, I could see the thought process, even though I may not agree with it, right. but, like, I'm just like, okay, we're, like, we do data like we do data stuff for consumers. We're starting to do data with researchers and like research groups, like participants and volunteers with that. And like, this is about as like health focused as you can get with a pleasure device. So please explain to me like how that, you know, how does all doesn't make sense sort of thing. I would, I would love to hear more about that. Like how, how does it work? What does it measure? That's such a foreign um, area of expertise to me. (laughs) Like the science, like, what is it? What are you measuring? Right. Yeah. The prime, so the primary, uh, the primary things that the lioness measures is uh, pelvic floor movement. Uh, So one of the, basically one of the uh, indicators of orgasm is a specific pattern of pelvic floor motion. That's like about, one to two hertz and it's it's basically a motion that's that's involuntary for like involuntary and like you can't replicate consciously as a person so like you can kind of see like what's in like what is likely to be an orgasm on the at least on the charts and what's not so and that that's for all people with vulvas when they orgasm like all people like and so so all people have these contractions regardless of like like Obviously, I'm talking about like gender identity and things like that, but also right. in terms of just like everybody has these contractions when they orgasm. Yeah. So not it's not just people with vulvas. So it's basically when you orgasm, there's a like you have a like your pelvic floor muscles, they make a pattern or they move in a certain rhythmic motion that you can measure from the vagina or you can also measure anally as well. And you can see, you can basically see what your pleasure looks like on a graph. Wow. 
Case Study Scholars, thanks for tuning in. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. Remember that supporting our sponsors supports us. The more you buy from them, the more they renew their collaborations with us. Ads are one way that we keep making content, and we'd like to keep doing that. We also want to support companies that we really care about. One thing that I talk about with my clients is redefining sex in order to make time during a busy schedule. Maybe you don't have time to measure and analyze your orgasms every time, like with Lioness, but can you take a few minutes to listen to a sexy story? Some people also have a more responsive desire, requiring more to even be open to the idea of getting turned on. Whether this describes you or you just want a fun and entertaining way to unwind, Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on. They have something for every fantasy, and they add three brand new stories every week, so you'll always have more to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S&S. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash S-A-N-D-S. Dipsystories.com slash S&S. Now back to the episode and thanks for supporting us. One question I have about that is orgasms, at least at least for me, can be so um, diverse, right? So mm-hmm. based on like what kind of stimulation, like where you're pleasuring yourself, whether it's um, actual like genital contact or it's more of like an energetic, like mental orgasm, like there's a lot of diversity in it. And so can can you change the way that your body has these responses and and how different is it from time to time? Because I know that Lioness kind of categorizes people into like um, different types of like orgasmers, which I would love to get into more, but like, yeah, can you change the way your body does it? Can you train yourself and your body to orgasm in a different way? So that's a, I mean, that's a tough question to be honest, uh, because some of us within the team have been tracking for like five plus years. And there's also a couple of people who we've been working closely with who have been tracking for several years at this point. And at least what we've seen so far, we haven't seen a significant shift in terms of like, for example, like changing orgasm patterns. So like if someone tends to orgasm a certain way, like uh, the, so like the three that we talked about at mothership, uh, so this event way back when and how you all or you both discovered yeah how you discovered lioness um so we we were talking about some of the different like orgasm patterns so the ways that people orgasm and the like what they subjectively identify as their orgasm like looking at it from a chart so at least in terms of so like those patterns were like those are not the only three patterns that are that exist uh but like generally speaking if someone tends to have a certain like overall shape or like look to their orgasm, they tend to, we found that they haven't like gone to like a different pattern over time. Don't know why. Even if, so even if, if the like, even if the self-experience of the orgasm like might feel more intense or extreme, like it still looks, the pattern still looks similar. Yeah. The pattern still looks similar. So like it might, I mean, there's like nuances in terms of like, it might be a longer orgasm. It might be, it could look more intense, like in terms of like, in amplitude. terms of like, yeah, amplitude. 
Uh, it could be, I'm just trying to think, it could be a faster or like a more slower buildup over time. Uh, there, I mean, there's like different things in terms of like time frame that we can see and that we've started to see like so maybe for some people, longer lasting orgasms tend to be more satisfying than ones that are shorter and quicker. But I mean, it mm-hmm. also depends on the person, gets complicated. Um, but yeah, or just yeah, the we, potential difference between like um, what something f- scientifically looks like versus like perceived feelings, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would be really curious to to use this with clients of mine who um, they have no problem like reaching, you know, orgasm with themselves. But then when there's a partner there, whether it's because of anxiety or just, um, you know, a, an issue with like different kinds of stimulation and not feeling comfortable to like voice that to a partner, it would be really interesting to like have them use it on their own and with a partner to see like what looks different. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think, so there's sort of two, so there's two parts to that in terms of, um, so with the so with the lioness, you also have the like you can enter different tags and notes, and you can even star your session. So you know, like easy way to track it over time, uh, because yeah, like different people have different like what you know a five star orgas or five star session for someone is going to be different for that person versus another person, because mm-hmm. it, like we found that hey, you know, like everyone's like best is going to be different. Everyone is different. So it's like ultimately what we're what we'd like to try to go towards more and more as we like as we add new sort of features and functionality to the product over time is to like find a way to like show people like, okay, here's your baseline. Hey, here's how like your baseline or like how you're changing according to like a baseline of sessions that you've had. So it's like Mm -hmm. being able to see like, is there a significant change with yourself over time? that might be worth taking worth noticing or like consuming cannabis. I'm assuming you can like tag it with that and things like right. that it would probably be really interesting too. So we have been doing some cannabis stuff. Uh, we did do uh, we did a project with ease a little, a little while back uh, where we put together um, like we got a group of volunteers from our lioness group and ease supplied a set of different like CBD and THC products for people to test. And uh, then we like we got the data and we showed basically how different products were changing people's experiences. Sounds like a really lovely volunteer opportunity. If you ever need more volunteers, um, <laughs> we can make ourselves available. You have to be in California, so that's the one we're for the East. <laughs> for the Nicoletta yeah, for the is. cannabis. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll have you. We'll we'll have you on the wait list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's a so, long wait list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have quite, yeah, we would have quite the list. A lot of people who want to uh, get involved for science. <laughs> yes. Well, usually it's like for most projects, like you, it's people who have a lioness already because it's like, you just reach out and it's like, hey, you know, I already have a lioness. I'm interested. And it's like, okay, great. We can, you know, figure it out from there. Uh, but let's see. The other thing I was going to mention in terms of, like partner, so you're mentioning like partners using the lioness. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that we had during the beta, like we were doing beta testing when we still had like we're hand making our prototypes in the in the labs in the basement in Berkeley. Uh, we so cool, so cool. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, we one of our testers was a married couple, and 
over time, like I learned a little more about their, uh, they basically had, they, they're, I mean, they're fine in terms of like, they, they can talk about sex. They're very comfortable, you know, talking about pleasure with each other. But one of the things that was a pain point in their relationship was he, like, she wanted more foreplay, basically. And he didn't quite know what that meant over time, especially over time, because she kept saying, like, I want more, I want more foreplay, I want more something. And, like, as we got, as we basically, like, were talking to them, like, more and more over time, we learned that he thought that maybe she was saying, she was actually meaning something different than what she said. In terms of like, oh, I don't think you're good enough or you're not performing well enough or you're not like you're just generally not good enough. And for her, she's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how else to describe this. Like, I've run out of ways to describe that I need more something like I've tried to I've tried. I feel like I've tried everything. Mm -hmm. And when they got this prototype and it was kind of like at the time we didn't have the app. So we, we had to like send them a pdf of their of the statistical report <laughs> it was very <laughs> very nerdy at the time but you know it's like you have like we oh, send it over is like still nerdy liz i don't oh I don't yeah know where you think it's not nerdy but it's okay. <laughs> yeah it's Carry like on. you have this statistical report and like these graphs and it's in a pdf it's a lot of fun um we so we we sent that along to uh to the to the couple and uh, the feedback that we got from that was like she basically like looked at the graph and she's like pointing at the orgasm that she had. And she's like, that's my orgasm. I did this in three minutes. And <laughs> she's like, okay, you know, like all I need is a little, like she went to her husband. She's like, all I need is a little more time. Like, this is what I mean. Like, it doesn't take me that long by myself. So it's like, I just need a little more like attention of something, you know, it's not like forever. It's not 45 minutes. It's not, you know, it's not really that long. I just need something. And then for him, his reaction was, oh, it's a chart. I get it. Oh, my God. Mm. And so that's yeah. like the language that he was able to, like, take in. Yeah. So, like, it was it was interesting because, like, we were just, like, on our side, we're like, you know, okay, how are people, like, how is beneficial is this data going to be really for people? Because, like, you know, it is it's so, it's such new data, like, in the first place. And it's like, okay, like. Is this going to be, can people understand it? Is it beneficial? Like, let's see through testing and see what happens. And it, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see because for them, it was sort of this breakthrough of like, oh, I'm able to communicate about this now. And like for, I think particularly for, well, for the, the guy, uh, he was like, this took a lot of the ego out of it because it's like, it's her, you know, how her body works. And for mm. her, it's like I'm able to like put like more words and descriptors, like a different like view of it, like a view, a perspective of my pleasure. And I'm able to talk about it in a different way. And I think like, you know, and this sort of more this perspective where it's like less about, oh, are, you know, is are they saying something? Are they really saying something else? Like, are, you know, is mm-hmm. this can I take this at face value? And it's like, no, it's your like we're talking about bodies and bodily functions. And I feel like it ties back to what we were talking about, like about our shitty sex ed, right? And about how we lack, we are not taught to communicate about sex. We are not taught about like words for pleasure and like even like the idea of like what sex can be and how many different things sex can be. And we're also so uncomfortable with doing it. So even if maybe the words exist, like saying the words is really hard. And so 
I feel like having just like adding tools for communication about sex is obviously good. And this is a really interesting novel one. Um, yeah. So I'm very pro any, any way to, any way to explain and communicate about sex, I feel like is really good. And even if you have the tools to, to communicate about it though, you're still working with people's like frame of reference and projections around sex and sexuality. And so like, even if you feel like you're saying it in the most supportive, loving way and clearly expressing mm-hmm. yourself, the person still might receive it in a defensive way. Um, yeah. Based on what they're coming to the table with. Yeah. And that's can be so frustrating. Just like even to add to that, like even dispelling the myth that like there's anybody that like comes the same way and that there is like a tried and true technique for everybody because like everybody's graph is different. And even though there's these like three like buckets, you said there's also different types. And so like you don't know what your partner's graph is like. You don't know what bucket they're in. You don't know like what their like data on their session looks like, like when the amplitude rises. And so this is just all the more like it's like sex is so not one size fits all. Right. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is pretty different in terms of their experiences and like what constitutes a good experience for them. Cause like, yeah, we get, we sometimes get that question of like, Oh, you know, what's, you know, is there like a best experience? Is there, you know, like what is the best? Like, is it orgasming really fast? Like, you know, in under one minute, is it having a really strong orgasm? Like, is it, you know, long lasting or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, there isn't, I mean, there isn't a universal best. Like it's all, there's so many different factors that go into an experience like that. are. It's not just, you know, well, it's not just the orgasm, like the physiological motions of, you know, like going through like arousal and orgasm. Like sometimes it may not even, there may not even be an orgasm involved. You might be with a certain partner. There might be a certain scenario. There might be a certain feeling. What you were saying before in terms of like, what about tracking the the other sort of aspects of like the feeling and the mood, the overall, and then just like the other sort of contextual stuff that's going on. There's so much that goes into it that I like, I'm, I can't say what's going to be best for everybody. Definitely not. There might be, yeah. that being said, there might be something that certain people tend to like more or that, you know, whether it's something that is a contextual thing or like, you know, certain partner, certain porn, certain whatever that you might like in particular, Mm -hmm. or a certain way of a certain way your body might experience something that might reflect a session that you like more, but that depends on the person and like what that looks like for them and for them to find out if they're curious. I definitely live in like a FOMO world though, where I'm always feeling like I'm missing out on, on something or some kind of experience and like wanting to try all of it. So I, I don't want to promote this idea of like an orgasm hierarchy. And Mm -hmm. when I've looked at like the different sort of categories of orgasm that, um, that Lioness has demonstrated through research, sometimes I do find myself like wishing that I had another con- another type or another kind or of like wondering like, oh, is this, you know, this wave one looks like so much better than like volcano or whatever. And just this, uh, this may nah, be longing dude, to it's, have a different experience awesome. or like, it's funny because <laughs> some people will say, oh, the volcano looks so awesome. Why can't I have that? 
Right. It's all it's subjective, right? <laughs> like it's totally subjective. So I'm sure yeah. if I were on, you know, if I had another style potentially that I would be thinking the, the you know, the exact opposite, but yeah, I yeah. can't help but wonder. And I'm sure other people wonder that too. Like, am I doing it? Am I doing it right? Is this the best way to do oh. it? Is there another better way? Is, um, and just putting that pressure on oneself because I, I notice mm. myself doing that. I think that's part of what we grapple with as we're developing this product out more. My perspective has always been a lot of this is subjective and it's based on the individual and what's best for them. Nor do we want to promote like a universal, here's the best experience or you need to have all the experiences. It's more like this tool to be able to look at your pleasure from a different perspective. The experience that you have, no one else will really truly have either. Someone else will have another experience and it might seem cool, but you have your own unique experience and that's the one that makes you feel good and that you enjoy. So it's worth learning more about that one ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I could learn more about the, the, the one that I, so I use the lioness at this event mothership um, that you were at and I came like so many times in the experience but what's most interesting to me, so I learned that I'm, so there's volcano, there's ocean and avalanche, right? Mm -hmm. And I learned that I'm like a volcano followed by an ocean, which is like pretty cool. But the really cool thing is that you actually awarded me a gift certificate, not a gift certificate, just a certificate. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I was awarded <laughs> I the badge <laughs> of steel. So you see, now you remember me. So... <laughs> I what so you don't remember my face, but you remember my <laughs> gasm graph. We'll call it that. Um, I, re I, re I mean, researcher. there were three. There were three awards. So <laughs> there were, there were. I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone. Um, but I, my, the award. There was like a longest. There was like, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. But mine was for amplitude, like strongest vaginal contractions. I think I remember the both of you screaming something when you got that certificate. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it a was, special was... experience. Like we haven't uh, that we haven't done uh yeah, that was I mean that was for mothership which like for the viewers or the the listeners. Uh that was um it was like a how would you describe it? It was like this sort of I don't know how to describe it. The art project? The or the event. Oh, the event is like an all like like women, but it was like inclusive, like not women with an E, like women with an X. And it was like an all, it was about like creating a space that was like very just like separated from like a cis male world um, where I would say that was a true like women's wellness event. It had a lot of stereotypical femme things for sure. There was biodegradable glitter, which also gave me the worst yeast infection I've ever had in my life. There was like a oh, lot no. of extremes that I experienced <laughs> from mothership. It was like an extremely positive experience, but everything about it was like extraordinarily intense. Um, right, and then there was right. also like BDSM workshops and like Tegan and Sarah came and like that was really cool. It was a very interesting experience. But what you did is you had all these people do it. And then like on the last day, you did this really cool slideshow video of like everyone's graphs. And it was like so beautiful to like see all the orgasms that had happened and like how they were all different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. That was, that was two years ago at this, 
this was, yeah, I think two years, 2017. Two or three, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, yeah, that was fun. That was fun to organize. We're like, wait, you like, with the organizers, it's like, you, like, you sure you want us to do this? <laughs> and <laughs> like, yeah, and also like, yeah, and also it was all, This was definitely like, different than the Samsung event. Yes, yeah, we would not be doing this at the Samsung event, just for the record. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. We haven't done that sort of experience since, uh, which, like, yeah, I think it was, like, the right sort of place and, the like, the right sort of place to do it because a lot of, like, a lot of people were more, like, the group, the vibe was more experimental and it was more sort of, like, Burning Man for women you know, inclusively speaking. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're running out of time, which is like so heartbreaking and like, sorry to circle back to like the negative shit, but I would just love to like continue talking about like the excluding of like femme sex tech in comparison to like the sex tech that's focused on male sexuality. And if you could just talk about like the sort of things that are allowed at CES, for example, and then like what sort of shit gets rejected. Because oh, I think gosh. this is like a really <laughs> fundamental thing to talk about because it's a, this really interesting intersection of like tech and like misogyny and like fear of sexuality. And for and people like, who right. don't know, what is CES? Right. Yeah. yeah. So CES is the largest. It's so it's the largest tech show in the world that happens every year in Vegas. And it's uh, basically like, 300,000 different people like descend into Vegas and it's the place where like you show different products that you're that you're making that you're launching soon uh all the journalists are there to who cover that sort of beat who report on the different products that are launching you have a bunch of investors coming you have a bunch of like potential like different companies like like Samsung or a bunch of others who go to the zoo uh just to like for themselves or for different partnership opportunities. So basically that's, that's CES. And what happened this past year in particular was there, well, for people, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, there was a company, another sex tech company that got their award rescinded and they were basically banned from the show um, which is kind of a weird thing because it's like you, you got a word and then you got it taken away and then you were banned. Uh, but then the the rich part of it all was that they had all this documentation from the president of who runs CES uh, for the, C, the CTA organization. He like personally signed these letters like saying that you can't be here because you do sex stuff. And it's like um, there's other like there's other companies that are here that do sex stuff and like it's, you know, VR porn, like you know, VR porn is content, you know, you get into specifics, like it's content. It's not even like a consumer device that the company is developing, but never mind that. And it's like, what, like what makes, like, how does this make sense? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And also the, the other part to it too, uh, that is also interesting with it is that like, Lioness and a bunch of other companies in like in the last decade or so, we've all been rejected by CES. Like you talk to any of us and it's like all the like the sort of femme focused sex tech companies who have tried to apply to CES have been rejected for very, you know, most basically because it's sex stuff, but sex stuff in a way that they 
are not comfortable with having at the show. And it's, it's just been, it, it was a very, it, it's very frustrating to have that happen because basically CES is a huge event where everyone who like, like all the opportunities for like getting, like raising awareness for building partnerships with different potential part, you know, partners down the line, other corp, you know, corporations or whatnot, or retailers or anyone else that could be interesting to meet uh, who you could work with at some point. Like the CES is one of the largest places to do that, where literally everyone from around the world is coming there. And it's like, they're basically the, like CES is basically one of the gatekeepers for all of these opportunities and to have a specific category of company uh, in this case, like with femme focused sex tech companies being outright rejected to, from being there, you're losing out on all those opportunities for people to know that you exist. So yeah, that's, that's basically the root of it for CES where like we, like it was so frustrating for us that they like, 2018 CES the year before we actually like snuck in <laughs> to like <laughs> be yeah we had a wow. we had an unofficial booth through some some very generous friends <laughs> um through some of our some of our connections with um like with Berkeley and Stanford here and we you know we set up our table and we were we were there but not like listed on the map but we existed and like i just remember getting like several times having like these gold star members coming up to us being like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, are you like protesting? <laughs> like, do we need to like escort you out sort of thing? It was just, it wow. was kind of bizarre, but Hey, I got, you know, Ugh. I juiced the opportunity for what I needed to yeah. in terms of like raising awareness and being there. Yeah. So it, it worked out, but it was just, you know, the things that you have to do to like be there have been so annoying and then when you see other companies that are like not you know like the vr porn stuff in particular that it's like okay like we're like how are you how making this, this distinction yeah. like it it makes more sense for me to have like it makes sense if like you just outright banned everything or like right. had all of us in in the show so like right you, you know you can't, you can't like choose exactly yeah so well we are so grateful that we get to showcase you here. Uh, you are always welcome to showcase your sex tech on Sluts and Scholars. Um, and so we're sure Yay. people want to find you. So how can they and do buy a lioness. personally? And buy a lioness. So how can Perfect gift for the holidays if you care about <laughs> your people in your life's pleasure. Yeah, it's the, the gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. Uh, again and again and again. Well, we're not all the Vag of Steel, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we can all we can all have our participation awards. It's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> our participation award. So we're we're doing a Black Friday. You do have sex toys for Black Friday, and Lioness is going to be available for Black Friday. And, on where? Uh, on our website. So Lioness.io. Yes, .io, not .com. That used to be a furry opera site, which is. A lot of fun. <laughs> a Did you say furry opera? opera? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's now a women's leadership institute thing. But Lame. it used to. Just yeah. <laughs> you can find me. I don't know. I, I try to stay off. 
I try to kind of stay offline sometimes. Uh, but you can probably find me on Twitter on the internet. That's probably the best place to find me, I guess. Uh, or I'm going to have a website soon, and that would be lizklinger.com if you want to see me off the social media. Um, well, thank you so fucking much for joining us. Um, if you want to keep up to date on everything we're doing, like what Linus is doing, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. We're on Twitter at Slut Scholars. If you want to support us doing all that we do, we're on Patreon.com slash Sluts and Scholars, where we release exclusive content. And uh, you, of course, can email us with your questions and rants and all that jazz at Sluts and Scholars at gmail.com. 